Chapter One of Perfect Behavior A Guide for Ladies and Gentlemen in All Social Crises. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. Perfect Behavior A Guide for Ladies and Gentlemen in All Social Crises by Donald Ogden Stewart. Chapter One The Etiquette of Courtship. A FEW WORDS ABOUT LOVE Courtship is one of the oldest of social customs, even antedating in some countries such long-established usages as marriage, or the wearing of white neckties with full evening dress. The beginnings of the etiquette of courtship were apparently connected in some way with the custom of love between the sexes, and many of the old amatory forms still survive in the modern courtship. It is generally agreed among students of the history of etiquette that when love first began to become popular among the better class of younger people, they took to it with such avidity that it was necessary to devise some sort of rules for the conduct of formal or informal love-making. These rules, together with various amendments, now constitute the etiquette of courtship. Suppose, for example, that you are a young gentleman named Richard Rowe, desirous of entering upon a formal courtship with some refined young girl of fashion. You are also, being a college graduate, engaged in the bond business. One morning there comes into your financial institution a young lady named Dorothy Doe, who at once attracts your attention by her genteel manners, as exemplified by the fact that she calls the president of your company father. So many young people seem to think it smart to refer to their parents as dad or my old man. You are certain, as soon as you hear her say, hello, father, to your employer, that she is undoubtedly a worthy object of courtship. Correct introductions, how to make them. Your first step should be, of course, the securing of an introduction. Introductions still play an important part in social intercourse, and many errors are often perpetrated by those ignorant of the savoir-faire, correct form. When introducing a young lady to a stranger, for example, it is not all thought, correct form, to simply say, Mr. Rowe, I want you to shake hands with my friend Dorothy. Under the rules of Beaumont, correct form, this would probably be done as follows. Dorothy, or Miss Doe, shake hands with Mr. Rowe. Always give the name of the lady first, unless you are introducing someone to the President of the United States, the Archbishop of Canterbury, a member of the nobility above a baron, or a customer. The person who is being introduced then extends his, or her, right ungloved hand, and says, shake. You shake, saying at the same time, it's warm, cool, for November, May, to which the other replies, I'll say it is. This brings up the interesting question of introducing two people to each other, neither of whose names you can remember. And this is generally done by saying very quickly to one of the parties, of course you know Miss Unkagunk, say the last unk very quickly, so that it sounds like any name from ab to zinc. You might even sneeze violently. Of course, in nine cases out of ten, one of the two people will at once say, I didn't get the name, at which you all laugh, ha ha ha, in a carefree manner several times, saying at the same time, well, well, so you didn't get the name, you didn't get the name, well, well. If the man simply persists in wishing to know who it is to whom he is being introduced, the best procedure consists in simply braining him on the spot with a club or a convenient slab of paving stone. 
The introduction, in cases where you have no mutual friend to do the introducing, is somewhat more difficult, but can be generally arranged as follows. Procure a few feet of stout manila rope or clothesline from any of the better class hardware stores. Ascertain, from the social register, preferably, the location of the young lady's residence, and go there on some dark evening about nine o'clock. Fasten the rope across the sidewalk in front of the residence about six inches or a foot from the ground. Then, with the aid of a match and some kerosene, set fire to the young lady's house in several places, and retire behind a convenient tree. After some time, if she is at home, she will probably be forced to run out of her house to avoid being burned to death. In her excitement, she will fail to notice the rope which you have stretched across the sidewalk and will fall. This is your opportunity to obtain an introduction. Stepping up to her and touching your hat politely, you say, in a well-modulated voice, I beg your pardon, Miss Doe, but I cannot help noticing that you are lying prone on the sidewalk. If she is well-bred, she will not at first speak to you, as you are a perfect stranger." This silence, however, should be your cue to once more tip your hat and remark, I realize, Miss Doe, that I have not had the honor of an introduction, but you will admit that you are lying prone on the sidewalk. Here is my card, and here is one for Mrs. Doe, your mother. At that you should hand her two plain engraved calling cards, each containing your name and address. If there are any other ladies in her family, aunts, grandmothers, etc., it is correct to leave cards for them also. Be sure the cards are clean, as the name on the calling card is generally sufficient for identification purposes without the addition of the thumbprint. When she has accepted your cards, she will give you one of hers, after which it will be perfectly correct for you to assist her to rise from the sidewalk. Do not, however, press your attentions further upon her at this time, but after expressing the proper regret over her misfortune, it would be well to bow and retire. Cards and Flowers The next day, however, you should send flowers, enclosing another of your cards. It might be well to write some message on the card recalling the events of the preceding evening. Nothing intimate, but simply a reminder of your first meeting and a suggestion that you might possibly desire to continue the acquaintanceship. Quotations from poetry of the better sort are always appropriate. Thus, on this occasion, it might be nice to write on the card accompanying the flowers, This is the forest primeval. H. W. Longfellow, or Take, oh take, those lips away, W. Shakespeare. You will find that there are hundreds of lines equally appropriate for this and other occasions, and in this connection it might be well to display a little originality at times by substituting pertinent verses of your own in place of the conventional quotations. For example, This is the forest primeval, I regret your last evening's upheaval shows the young lady in question that not only are you well-read in classic poetry, but also you have no mean talent of your own. Too much originality, however, is dangerous, especially in polite social intercourse, and I need hardly remind you that the floors of the social ocean are watered with the tears of those who seek to walk on their own hook. Within a week after you have sent the young lady the flowers, you should receive a polite note of thanks, somewhat as follows, my dear Mr. Rowe, those lovely flowers came quite as a surprise. They are lovely, and I cannot thank you enough for your thoughtfulness. Their lovely fragrance fills my room as I write, and I wish to thank you again. It was lovely of you. Flowers and their message in courtship. It is now time to settle down to the more serious business of courtship. 
her letter shows beyond the shadow of a figurative doubt that she is interested and the next move is up to you probably she will soon come into the office to see her father in which case you should have ready at hand some appropriate gift such as for example a nice potted geranium great care should be taken however that it is a plant of the correct species for in the etiquette of courtship all flowers have different meanings and many a promising affair has been ruined because a suitor sent his lady a buttercup meaning that's the last dance i'll ever take you to you big cow instead of a plant with more tender significance some of the commoner flowers and their meanings in courtship are as follows fringed gentian i'm going out to get a shave back at three thirty poppy i would be proud to be the father of your children goldenrod i hear that you have hay fever tuberose meet me saturday at the fourteenth street subway station bloodroot aunt kitty murdered uncle fred thursday dutchman's breeches that case of holland gin and old taylor has arrived come on over iris could you learn to love an optician esther who was that stout jewish-looking party i saw you with in the hotel lobby friday deadly nightshade pull down those blinds quick passion flower phone main twelve forty nine ask for eddie raspberry i'm announcing my engagement to charlie o'keefe tuesday wild thyme i have seats for the hippodrome saturday afternoon the above flowers can also be combined to make different meanings as for example a bouquet composed of three tuberoses and some virginia creeper generally signifies the following the reason i didn't call for you yesterday was that i had three inner tube punctures besides a lot of engine trouble in that old car i bought in virginia last year gosh i'm sorry but to return to the etiquette of our present courtship as miss doe leaves the office you follow her holding the potted plant in your left hand after she has gone a few paces you step up to her remove your hat or cap with your right hand and offer her the geranium remarking i beg your pardon miss but didn't you drop this a great deal depends upon the manner in which you offer the plant and the way she receives it if you hand it to her with a flower pointing upwards it means dare i hope reversed it signifies your petticoat shows about an inch or an inch and a half if she receives the plant in her right hand it means i am left hand you are both hands he she or it is if however she takes the pot firmly in both hands and breaks it with great force on your head the meaning is usually negative and your only correct course of procedure is a hasty bow and a brief apology receiving an invitation to call let us suppose however that she accepts the geranium in such a manner that you are encouraged to continue the acquaintance your next move should be a request for an invitation to call upon her at her home this should above all things not be done crudely it is better merely to suggest your wish by some indirect method such as oh so you live on williams street well well i often walk on williams street in the evening but i have never called on any girl there yet the yet may be accompanied by a slight raising of your eyebrows a wink or a friendly nudge with your elbow 
unless she is unusually dense she will probably take the hint and invite you to come see her some evening at once you should say what evening how about tonight if she says that she is already engaged for that evening take a calendar out of your pocket and remark tomorrow wednesday thursday friday i really have no engagements between now and october saturday sunday this will show her that you are really desirous of calling upon her and she will probably say well i think i am free thursday night but you had better telephone me first the etiquette of telephoning on thursday morning therefore you should go to a public telephone booth in order to call the young lady's house the etiquette of telephoning is quite important and many otherwise perfectly well-bred people often make themselves conspicuous because they do not know the correct procedure in using this modern but almost indispensable invention upon entering the telephone booth which is located say in some drug store you remove the receiver from the hook and deposit the requisite coin in the coin box after an interval of some minutes a young lady referred to as central will ask for your number please suppose for example that you wish to get bryant 4310 remove your hat politely and speak that number into the mouthpiece central will then say rhinelander 4310 to which you reply no central bryant 4310 central then says i beg your pardon bryant 4310 to which you reply yes please in a few minutes a voice at the other end of the line says hello to which you answer is miss doe at home the voice then says who you say miss doe please miss dorothy doe you then hear the following wait a minute say charlie is there anybody works around here by the name of doe there's a guy wants to talk to a miss doe here you answer it another voice then says hello you reply hello he says what do you want you reply i wish to speak to miss dorothy doe he says what department does she work in you reply is this the residence of j franklin doe president of the first national bank he says wait a minute you wait a minute you wait several another voice a new voice says hello you reply hello he says give me stuyvesant eight eight six four you say but i am trying to get miss doe miss dorothy doe he says who you say is this the residence of he says nah this is global brothers wholesale grocers what number do you want you say bryant four three one zero he says well this is rhinelander four three one zero you then hang up the receiver and count twenty the telephone bell then rings, and inasmuch as you are the only person near the phone, you take up the receiver and say, Hello? A female voice says, Hello, dearie, and don't you know who this is? You say, politely but firmly, No. She says, Guess. You guess. Mrs. Warren G. Harding. She says, No. This is Ethel. Is Walter there? You reply, Walter? She says, Ask him to come to the phone, will you? He lives upstairs over the drug store. Just yell, Walter, at the third door down the hall. Tell him Ethel wants to speak to him. No, wait. Tell him it's Madge. Being a gentleman, 
you comply with the lady's request. After bringing Walter to the phone, you obligingly wait for some twenty minutes while he converses with Ethel, no Madge. When he has finished, you once more enter the booth and tell Central you want Bryant 4310. After a few minutes, Central says, What number did you call? You say patiently, Bryant 4310. She replies, Bryant 4310 has been changed to Shiler 6372. You ask for Shiler 6372. Finally, a woman's voice says, Yes? You say, Is Miss Doe in? She replies, Yes? You say, May I speak to her? She says, Who? You reply, You said Miss Doe was at home, didn't you? She replies, Yes? You say, Well, may I speak to her? The voice says, Who? You shout, Miss Doe! The voice says, She been out. You shriek, Oh, go to hell! And assuming a graceful, easy posture in the booth, you proceed to tear the telephone from the wall. Later on in the day, when you have two or three hours of spare time, you can telephone Miss Doe again and arrange for the evening's visit. Making the First Call the custom of social calls between young men and young women is one of the prettiest of etiquette's older conventions, and one around which clusters a romantic group of delightful traditions. In this day and generation, what with horseless carriages, electric telephones and telegraphs, and dirigible gas-bags, a great many of the older forms have been allowed to die out, greatly, I believe, to our discredit. Speed, not manners, seems to be the motto of this century. I hope that there still exist a few young men who care enough about good form to study carefully to perfect themselves in the art of calling. Come, Tom, Dick, and Harry, drop your bicycles for an afternoon, and fill your minds with something besides steam engines and pneumatic tires. The first call at the home of any young lady of fashion is an extremely important social function, and too great care cannot be taken that you prepare yourself thoroughly in advance. It would be well to leave your work an hour or two earlier in the afternoon, so that you can get home and practice such necessary things as entering or leaving a room correctly. Most young men are extremely careless in this particular, and unless you rehearse yourself thoroughly in the proper procedure, you are apt to find later on, to your dismay, that you have made your exit through a window onto the fire escape, instead of through the proper door. Conversation and Some of Its Uses your conversation should also be planned more or less in advance. Select some topic in which you think your lady friend will be interested, such as, for example, the removal of tonsils and adenoids, and read up on the subject so that you can discuss it in an intelligent manner. Find out, for example, how many people had tonsils removed in February, March, April. Contrast this with the same figures for 1880, 1890, 1900. Learn two or three amusing anecdotes about adenoids. Consult Bartlett's familiar quotations for appropriate verses dealing with tonsils and throat troubles. Finally, and above all, take time to glance through four or five volumes of Dr. Eliot's five-foot shelf, for nothing so completely marks the cultivated man as the ability to refer familiarly to the various volumes of the Harvard classics. A Proper Call Promptly at the time appointed, you should arrive at the house where the young lady is staying. In answer to your ring, a German police dog will begin to bark furiously inside the house, and a maid will finally come to the door. Removing your hat and one glove, you say, Is Miss Doe home? 
the maid replies yes i thank so you give her your card and the dog rushes out and bites you on either the right or left leg you are then ushered into a room in which is seated an old man with a long white beard he is fast asleep dot's grandpa says the maid to which you reply oh she retires leaving you alone with grandpa after a while he opens his eyes and stares at you for a few minutes he then says did the dog bite you you say yes sir grandpa then says he bites everybody and then goes back to sleep reassured you light a cigarette a little boy and girl then come to the door and after examining you carefully for several minutes they burst into giggling laughter and run away you feel to see if you have forgotten to put on a necktie a severe-looking old lady then enters the room you rise and bow i am miss doe's grandmother someone has been smoking in here she says and sits down opposite you her remark is not however a hint for a cigarette and you should not make the mistake of saying i've only got fatimas but if you care to try one it should be your aim to seek to impress yourself favorably upon every member of the young lady's family try to engage the grandmother in conversation taking care to select subjects in which you feel she would be interested conversation is largely the art of playing up to the other person's favorite subject in this particular case for example it would be a mistake to say to miss doe's grandmother have you ever tried making synthetic gin or do you think anyone will ever lick dempsey a more experienced person and someone who has studied the hobbies of older people would probably begin by remarking well i see that jeremiah smith died of cancer thursday or that was a lovely barrel they gave mrs watts wasn't it if you are tactful you should win the old lady's favor completely so that before long she will tell you all about her rheumatism and what grandpa can and can't eat finally miss doe arrives her first words are have you been waiting long hilda didn't tell me you were here to which you reply no i just arrived she then says shall we go into the drawing-room the answer to this is for god's sake yes in a few minutes you find yourself alone in the drawing-room with the lady of your choice and the courtship proper can then begin the best way to proceed is gradually to bring the conversation around to the subject of the modern girl after your preliminary remarks about tonsils and adenoids have been thoroughly exhausted you should suddenly say well i don't think girls nice girls are really that way she replies of course what way you answer oh the way they are in those modern novels this petting for instance she says what petting you walk over and sit down on the sofa beside her oh you say these novelists make me sick they seem to think that in our generation every time a young man and woman are left alone on a lounge together they haven't a thing better to do than put out the light and pet it's disgusting isn't it isn't it she agrees and reaching over she accidentally pulls the lamp cord which puts out the light on your first visit you should not stay after twelve thirty the proposal proper about the second or third month of a formal courtship it is customary for the man to propose matrimony and if the girl has been out for three or four years and has several younger sisters coming along it is customary for her to accept him they then become engaged and the courtship is concluded End of chapter 1